0: The internet, and welcome to season 142, episode four of Der Daily Zeitgeist, a production oh, yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top fuck the oh, Koch God brothers, God. fuck God. Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Sexton, fuck Liverpool, fuck Ben oh, Shapiro, oh, fuck oh, Jeff oh. Bezos. Wow, uh, we're recording this mid uh, arsenal
1: <laughs> match. I just like that's a big that's a big Liverpool. shot to take right now. Yeah, In yeah, li- li- sorry. Yeah, I well, don't they're know. the champions. I don't know we had to the shit, give them the honor guys. guard. We had to give them the honor guard. Yeah, yeah, Jack, you don't want that Liverpool smoke. There's I a know, lot of Liverpool Zeitgang <laughs> supporters. So I get the smoke regularly. <laughs> yeah. I am I am I wading into
0: waters I do not understand the depths of. So I will. I would yeah. just shut up,
1: but right. um, like a Karen at a Black Lives Matter march. You just <laughs> that's about right. to get into something you might you don't you don't know you didn't have to come in here.
0: Hmm. Uh, it's Thursday, July sixteenth, twenty twenty. My name is Jack O'Brien, A.K.A. All I can say is that this year is pretty strange. We're all masked inside can Camp, pronounced Jizz Lane. And my Mountain Dew and Miles' Kirkland cold brew is the only thing helping me through all this pain. I miss Mundane. That is courtesy of Christy. I'm Gucci Man, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles
1: Gray. Ooh, 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 ooh. Say, Miles, you know you better watch out. Some girls, some girls are only about. Zyking, zyging, zyking. <laughs>
0: So true, um, man. You got
1: to watch sh- out. I mean, you got to watch out because obviously the, the sexual power that exude from Jack I's voices on a daily basis. Oh, my we goodness. know these verbal milkshakes cannot <laughs> keep anyone from these yards. Uh, this AKA, I really have to shout this AKA author out because this was such a blast from my past. I almost thought that there was no pandemic and we were in the year 2018 of our Lord. That was from at Chapman Rice. Okay? Whoa! One of the OG... It's fucking AKA back, Goddesses, Masters. So, wait, was uh, that an old one or is she just? No, that's check back in. Came, this wow. shit came July 13th. I'm sorry it took me so long. I was almost in shock that I saw this. So, I hope you're doing well. Uh, it's been a minute, Chapman.
0: The Ridge, uh Christy Yamaguchi, man. You know, mm-hmm. she was the first one who was submitting so many, so fast, so furious. Without her, there we is no Christy. Shout her. I know. Uh,
1: I mean, the list goes on. You yes. know, shout out Hannah Soltis. You know, Her influence
0: group. will be felt down through history. Hey, mm-hmm. Miles, we have a yeah. great first-time guest. He is the brilliant, the talented Mr. Hayes Brown. What's well, up, well, Hayes? Hello.
2: Hi. Yeah. I... I am flattered and humbled by that intro. Oh, I,
1: I'm delighted to hear all we're those words to about have myself. You, man. Yeah. Well, first time it was just a little drop in when yeah, the I'm impeachment, pod- yeah, when the impeachment podcast started. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. and then now right. come come on in, come back, come on in. Be the guest, be our stay guest. stay for a while.
0: Be <laughs> our <laughs> Glad guest. To do it. Be Glad our to- guest. Um, so Hayes, you you hosted the impeachment podcast back mm-hmm. when that was all anyone could think about, wanted yep. to think about. Uh, and now you are hosting with uh, BuzzFeed News or uh, as part of BuzzFeed News. Are you an editor at BuzzFeed News? So I
2: was an editor at BuzzFeed News, but now uh, my main gig is doing the podcast yeah. daily. It's called News O'Clock from yeah, BuzzFeed yeah. and iHeart. And yeah, that's, that's my
0: day in, day out these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good show. Uh, You are a great voice to check in with daily, Mm -hmm. Uh, and we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. Uh, What are we going to talk about today? Uh, We're going to talk about the fact that Asheville, North Carolina, approved reparations for black residents. Um, We're going to talk about uh, the White House's battle with the CDC. Uh, That's where we're at. Oh, we're going to talk about the Wayfair conspiracy theory. Uh, which <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, how a dumb level. is our country getting, guys? A level right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: New levels. New levels. And then
0: I'm going to talk about lead poisoning uh, if we have time. Got a lot to say about lead poisoning. Uh, but first, Hayes, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Uh, so I had to go back a little bit to figure this out
2: because I'm Googling just random things all day for work. And one that, uh, I came up with was Garth Brooks breakfast bowl
1: because I saw
2: a tweet that mentioned the idea of, so basically it was a tweet about who would you be quarantining with? And this person said, Oh man, I'll be eating Garth Brooks's breakfast bowl every day. It's like, what is that? What kind of sexual maneuver is that? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> so <me> <laughs> unfortunately, it is not at all a sexual maneuver. It is, though, uh, a oh, breakfast damn. that Garth has contrived and is in Trisha Yearwood's uh, cookbook, whereby you take scrambled eggs and sausage and bacon and tortellini and put it all what? in the bowl. What?
0: <laughs> That's just...
2: Yep, cheese tortellini. That and is a random bowl. Sometimes, generator. apparently, you, he will cook up fries or some sort of fried potato to go with it, too. And uh-huh. that is the Garth Brooks breakfast bowl. And it it's so <gasps> American that it hurts Yeah, in the soul and the arteries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tortellini. What Wait, a just violent
1: like, mashup of food, too. Yeah. Just like on I like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and Tortellini.
2: Apparently he puts tortellini in like so many different things, and <laughs> Trisha Yearwood has apparently given up on telling him, "No, you can't do that." Right? Wow. He'll just be like, "Oh, you're making a breakfast quiche. Throw some tortellini in there." Yeah. She's like, "No, you're 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 oh. wilding out, Garth Brooks," and she does it, and it's delicious. Apparently. Do you
0: take your coffee black? Uh, yeah, black with some tortellini in there, please. Yeah. Just uh,
2: squeeze <laughs> the pasta, get the cheese in there, <laughs> okay. stir it in, and then let the pasta float on oh,
1: top. Oh, you guys, uh, you guys are gonna say "Domo Arigato" when you have some of Garth's famous uh, torteshi. Okay, it's uh, (laughs) a sashimi
0: round tortellini. You
2: just slice it so thin. So
1: thin, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Garth Brooks, one of my favorite, uh, you know, there's some famous people who are just uh, basically a walking, talking, uh, psychological experiment Mm -hmm. of like just, you know, they've grown up in such strange uh, circumstance. or existed in such strange circumstances because of how famous they are. Uh, they're just any video, any interview with him. Uh, any video he posts of himself. He's he's just like on a different planet. Um, yeah. in a in a very entertaining way.
1: <laughs> hey man, yeah, he's like he's just like gaslit by his own success in a weird <laughs> right. way. It's like, hey yeah. man, I don't even know where I am, but hey, put <laughs> 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 some trouble money on there. So as a black
2: kid, I didn't really grow up with Garp books. I, the first memory I have of his existence was him on the old uh, '90s show Muppets Tonight, the very short-lived show where he was the guest. He, uh. they, the the conceit was he was supposed to do a country song for them, and he just never really did. And at one point, he finally agrees to, and he goes out and he performs "If I Were a Rich Man" from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> you said he was going to do a country song. Yeah, he didn't say which country. Um.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> ah, there you go, Garth. Uh, well, I wonder if that was around the Chris Gaines time when he was just upsetting all audience. Mm. Uh, expectations. I think it was a little before that. This was
2: this would have been around like ninety seven, ninety eight. So I don't remember when the Chris Gaines thing was, but I think it was a little bit before, a little bit after that. Right. Yeah, I think that but was my
1: first memory of like realizing he was a big deal because the Chris Gaines thing was like, I was like, oh, you can do that. Okay. <laughs> like, that's, that's fun. I mean, I knew his name, I mean, but not I didn't really. but Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, OK. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm, man. Cool. Hey, um, man, you, you guys are like uh, some fiddler on the roof. I'm going to be Tevye. Uh, <laughs> be pretty cool.
0: Um Tevye West. But oh my God. just the like that that is he was already on some next level mm-hmm. uh thinking like galaxy brain fame. Uh, When he's like, all right, I'm at the peak of my, it's like Michael Jordan level, where he's just like, I'm Mm. at the peak of my powers as a country artist, I will change my name, change my appearance, and do a The appearance thing was the really wild part, because changing your name,
2: that's just part of being... Famous people do it. Beyonce was briefly Sasha Fierce, and that's an ultra ego you have. It, it's fine, but right, changing the look then, right? was the, the weird look, part.
0: The ty- the genre, the um, and and insisting uh on introducing Chris Gaines as the musical guest on the episode of SNL that he hosted. Yep, um, yep. but man, that's just he, me
1: playing peekaboo with reality, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I moved to uh to Kentucky in the 90s, and that he was like. I, I was fully unprepared for the fact that Garth Brooks was basically like Michael Jackson at that point. Like mm-hmm. it was like thriller, thriller era Michael Jackson for uh, people games. who had, who had pickup trucks out. and cowboy hats. Um, what is uh, something you think is underrated? Underrated. I thought it hard about this
2: one, and I'm going to come both barrels blazing and say that underrated is the 1999 classic film wild wild west and let me explain let me explain Mm -hmm. precisely (laughs) uh there are a lot of problems with this movie just putting that out front however it did two things for the culture one it kept will smith from being neo in the matrix he turned (laughs) down neo for this role and i think that the timeline is better for that Mm-hmm. And two, especially for right now, I think it's important that we had a movie that was all about Will Smith and Kevin Klein punching Confederates. <laughs> I think that <laughs> right, right, right. that is the thing we should be focused on, that they talk about Confederate massacres of free black people and the South will rise again as bullshit. And just I, I really think that we need to take another look at it. Maybe to lead out some extremely prod- problematic jokes about Asians and the disabled, and just focus on the Confederate punching.
1: Yeah, right. ugh, those '90s action films. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> what was? What was Loveless? That was Kenneth Branagh, right? Yep, he was Loveless. And Kenneth what was his Branagh. backstory? Like, was he? I I just remember his name and who. I just remember his. Yeah, lips his are backstory. So thin. Was that I remember he lost, every movie he's in.
2: He lost his lower half. Uh, due to some accident or another in his backstory, and instead um, uh, focused on you know mechanical improvement. So he had this steam powered wheelchair. He's the one that built the giant robot spider. Mechanical right, spider, right? right, right. In the that movie. was another
0: bullet that uh, Wild West, Wild Wild West. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> whoa, whoa, uh, whoa That whoa. was another bullet that that movie took for us. Is that uh, the producer John Peters mm-hmm. was riding into the '90s, just high, literal, literally guns blazing. Uh, was like somebody is going to make a movie that ends with a giant mechanical spider. He was determined. Uh, he was determined. He tried to put it in a, a Superman movie, and people <laughs> people noted it out of out of that script. So he was like, yep. "All right, guys, now uh, I'm gonna throw an idea out there, and you're going to incorporate it into the script." And mm-hmm. sure <laughs> enough, uh, John Peters, giant mechanical electric spray. Wild uh, wow. spider I
1: mean how many times have people had to like placate him be like hey dude I fuck with the vision I seriously do I just don't <laughs> know if it's right for this what didn't I mean how pivotal is Wild Wild West to like steampunk culture I That's feel a, like a great that was question. Because I feel like it. I am sure, it, more than big, we recognize. Yeah. I
2: feel like more than we recognize because, uh, especially because of the tiny sunglasses fad. Do you remember the tiny like little wild wild yeah. west sunglasses? That Burger both, King. That they wore in the movie,
0: the Burger King ones. Exactly. Yes, yes, I had
2: them. Those were such a hot commodity. I loved mm-hmm. mine until I. I'm pretty sure I lost mine at the pool that some that same summer. Ugh. We were.
0: We did a rewatch of uh, Men in Black. Where, earlier uh, in the quarantine, and it ends showing like a future vision of after Tommy Lee Jones retires and Will Smith is the new like leader of the crew, and he mm-hmm. has like these weird tiny uh, sort of uh, armless sunglasses on his face mm-hmm. that are uh, he he that was his mechanical spider tiny sunglasses. <laughs> He's like, you know, it looked dope. Tiny sunglasses. Oh, okay. Fun fact. Those are what inspired Kylie Jenner last couple of years.
2: Tiny sunglasses.
1: (laughs) That's entirely made up. That's not at all true (laughs) to my knowledge. I'd believe it, though. She's like, have you guys seen this?
0: (laughs) Uh, What is something you think is
2: overrated? Uh, Being right. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I'm a Virgo with Sagittarius moon rising. I love being right. But some people on God's internet take it too far and cannot admit when they are wrong. And I feel like if more people online were willing to be like, oh, yo, my facts were completely twisted there, or hey, I stepped out of line, I was wrong, then the internet would be a better place mm. in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but then you look like a punk with no balls. That's yeah, but see, why here's I don't do it. That's, so, and therefore. that's what... That's why
2: it's overrated. It is overrated. <laughs> rated like <laughs> yeah. why not just say oh shit i learned something today yeah. moving forward
1: right yeah it really is yeah i think we've over the last you know i think months and months whether it's the pandemic or the uprisings and things like that that have gone on we've more and more been encouraging people or i feel like the funniest tweets to me are the ones encouraging people to like hey man let's normalize just being like yeah, okay, I took an L on that one, uh, but I yes. learned, picking it up, and moving on, because guess what, I learned something now, so now I'm adding to my fucking, you know, if you want to, if you're going to get your ego wrapped into it, then at least fi- then at least say, oh shit, I didn't know that, let me shut the fuck up real quick, I'm going to mm-hmm. take the L, put this in my knowledge base, and then I can come back harder, because then at least I know what the right thing is, I'm not just out here just an empty vessel vessel for my ego to run wild
2: right i feel like every villain that we come across in 2020 is someone who has refused to take the l and grow from it
1: oh yeah yeah the big i mean wow oh god that's like the the lesson that we're having to learn as a society and most people have in general but it's like this one it's like so the the message of 2020 is learn to take the l um and you know accept that and keep it moving yep
0: the i feel like a lot of the criticisms of cancel culture are really criticisms of the idea that uh you only get one chance uh to like be wrong and then nobody mm-hmm. listens to you ever again and i feel like that's not necessarily the case that's not mm-hmm. like the thesis statement of you know progressive culture right now it's just a way that defensive people have interpreted criticism i feel like Exactly. Again, people who just can't take the L. Who like
2: I cannot believe that I said this, and now people are yelling at me what? and want me to be fired from my very high powered position because I had
0: this opinion that is just an opinion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Hayes, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to mm. be false? So, this one is going to be a little controversial, but uh, the one that
2: I'm bringing to you is the myth that uh, famed documentarian Michael Moore is from Flint, Michigan.
1: Ooh! Ooh. Do people think he's from Flint? Or I guess we have a strong association with him because of his early work.
2: Right, exactly. He did Roger and Me, the classic documentary about what happened to Flint after GM collapsed. And, you know, his dad was a GM worker, His, uh, his family, like, took part in the sit-down strikes of when the uh, General Motors Union, the UAW, was being founded. But here's the thing. He was born and raised in Davison, Michigan, which is uh, about two suburbs out from Flint. So if you go east from Flint, first you hit Burton, and then Davison Township. And yes, it's the Flint area. It's a suburb of Flint. It's like the people who say that they're from Chicago when they're really from, like, the North Shore. But... It, it's it's yeah that's the, that's that's the analogy i'd say it's like if you're saying like yeah i'm from chicago oh you're actually from like evanston like, or yep. further out uh mm-hmm. not quite i see what you're doing there and some people do adjust to you know because you don't feel like explaining like where what ever place yeah. you're from is. But also, you get some more cred from that. And that is something that I have long been like, okay, but Michael, do you get to say that when you did not graduate from the Flint school system? Wow. Right. I like
1: that local Michigander beef we are like, oh, I think you're from Davidson, bro. You're not even from Flint. It's like the thing, it's in a way like when I travel and I meet people and they say they're from LA and I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. What part are they are like? Huntington Beach. I said, <laughs> um, <laughs> precisely, that, precisely. That is, uh, that is Orange County, my good man. But I understand to you... If you're zooming out on a map enough, those two mm-hmm. points look very close together, so fair play to you on that. Uh But exactly. if the closer we get, we begin to see the distance between the two, and they are not, mm-hmm. in fact, the same place. Is Davison, yep. like, is there a a certain vibe that's very different from Flint that is also, like, is it a, it's a little less class? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, is that-
2: it's, it's more that it's a little wider, that's for sure, because one of the big things is that when uh gm collapsed and after like the you know general creation of the suburbs flint became blacker and blacker over time Mm -hmm. and because as people fled out to the suburbs and that's you know very clearly on display to this day um and also you know like their school systems have more money available etc versus like my high school which no longer exists yeah wow wow
1: really Oh,
2: uh, yeah. Flint Central closed down like maybe three years after I graduated. is a real shame. Beautiful old building. Great magnet program. I was in the magnet program for um, social sciences. So English and uh, so- and history and uh, theater. We had Model United Nations where people would come from other high schools to our high school for that program, too. It was a great school and I miss it on the regular.
0: And what, yeah. what had, it was just the funding. Just funding, man. And, like, funding Batiste dried up. Boss.
2: It was too big a place to, who she is from Michigan, in fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, there wasn't money to maintain this giant old building. There weren't enough students. So they were trying to consolidate, and Central was one of those. Who was like, well, give it the X, which is wow. such a shame. That's
0: brutal. It's weird that documentary filmmakers are <laughs> such, uh... Like they are our culture's most skillful liars. I feel like. like I feel like I feel like all documentary films, like when you look hard enough, are like based around some central lie or like something that they're just like leaving out. Where it's like, ah, uh, okay, yeah. I um, see. Right. That's the not, narrative twist. Right. Right. Um, it's not not all, but a lot of the big ones I feel like mm-hmm. are. Uh, it's worth research doing. Uh, as much research as possible when you when you watch a, a documentary movie before l- allowing it to completely shape your worldview. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, for sure. See
1: where, like, what their early work was. It's like, oh, they were making, like, illegal drag racing videos, like, before, <laughs> and, like, now I'm supposed to, t- like, trust their take on this, like, complex geopolitical issue. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, hey, for that. sure, especially, like, with the rise of YouTube and people putting out documentaries yeah, out oh, there. Yeah. That like, term is used, shit. like a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, it's right, really- Right, absolutely. Uh, that's why I trust, like, if it's British, I will 99% of the time trust it as a documentary. Like, if it
1: says BBC at the start, I'm like, sold. Yeah, I will believe right. whatever you tell me now. And then every time I'm like, oh, cool, another political doc on HBO, I'm like, oh, it's Nancy Pelosi's daughter. That's right. <laughs> She's a great yeah. documentarian, though. Can't take- it sure is. <laughs> <really>? Yeah. <laughs> Alexander the Pelosi? Pelosi? Oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's she's had some really uh like journeys with george like that one like which is so funny when you're like whoa what access and you're like you're nancy pelosi's daughter <laughs> uh but you get interesting there's like some interesting uh stories that have been told like she also had that other one with ted haggard um about you know that the evangelical pastor
0: some interesting mm. work
1: but yeah it's always interesting to see sort of how people get into document documentary work. Some people are like I always grew up with a camera because my parents mm-hmm. were rich, so that's how I did it. And other people are right. like, nobody knew about this thing, and like I had to figure it out, and blah blah blah. So it's always I always like to read about a little bit of the backstory mm. about where people are coming from because doesn't necessarily negate the work, but it's always interesting to see what the, the background it fleshes is. out,
0: it adds more context to it. Yeah, absolutely. But I feel like that's something that we need to be. Kind of paying more attention to as a people as we enter this time when, uh, like every almost every human being will have at like enough footage of them Mm. from birth to like make a compelling documentary one way or another. Like we have to. That's wild, but yeah. Be aware that like, you you can lie with real with editing, just editing. You don't have to, Mm. you know. um, Yeah, no, I am overtly
2: lie. I, I stand hard for context. As much context as you can pack into a thing that explains why uh, you're telling me this, why it's important, what it led up to, whatever it is that you're talking about. As much as you can give, the more I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. we're back uh and uh yeah Asheville, north carolina has approved uh reparations for black residents uh the city council voted 7-0 to uh address the inequality in their city caused by systemic racism
1: Uh, yeah it's interesting i mean it's not a direct payment type thing that's a it's an investment in community because i think that's really the most restorative thing is you want you want you want this to reverberate for generations, mm-hmm. much in the same way the systemic racism has reverberated for generations to this point. Um, and there aren't many dollar figures, but this is sort of what they're uh, describing this uh, resolution as saying, uh, quote, the resulting budgetary and programmatic priorities may include, but not be limited to increasing minority home ownership and access to other affordable housing, increasing minority business ownership and career opportunities, strategies to grow equity and generational wealth, closing the gaps in healthcare, education, employment, and pay neighborhood safety and fairness within criminal justice. So there's no, I think there's no dollar amounts yet assigned to these things, but they're going to have a committee together to to begin looking at these things and I'm not sure where this, you know, what the end game is, but at the very least, I think this is, to me, signaling that a, a certain municipality is willing to have a really, uh, seemingly to have a honest discussion about how to correct these things.
2: Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't see anything in here about making Juneteenth a holiday. I don't see anything in here about the Black National Anthem being performed at <laughs> sporting events. How can we even possibly think this is what the Black Lives Matter protesters want? Right. There's exactly, nothing about right. that Golden Girls
0: episode. Uh,
1: <laughs> 30
0: <laughs> rocks not mentioned once. <laughs> this is um, restorative?
1: Yeah, come th- on. I mean, I think... No, no, this I is, really like this. Yeah. I
2: like this. I like this. This is basically what people have been protesting about, which is... The idea of like, okay, but what can we do to actually fix the systems that have been put in place yeah. over the last 150 years to keep it so that black people ha- just have less in this country? So I think that that's a really good model that they put together.
1: Yeah, I know that they're still waiting on the county to also back this resolution, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, would, would be very helpful. And I know like they're, there there's going to be a vote on that from their board of supervisors or whatever that equivalent is for that county. Um, so you know it's a process and i think like anything there were a lot of people who called in to to support it uh, most people did and a few people came to do the usual i didn't own slaves so mm. what is the problem it's like okay you didn't own slaves but you are benefiting from slavery still so uh, right. let's 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 still look at that part too uh, that's cuz that's all this really is i think to your point hayes is to begin at least these uh, opening our eyes or mm-hmm. having municipalities and local governments and legislators open their eyes to the actual things they can correct legislatively right. to begin equaling things out.
2: And even this is more substantive than a lot of the things that I've seen thrown out there by you know corporations and uh, local governments about what can be done moving forward. It's, yeah. it's not symbolic in the way that a lot of those other things have been.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see just you know how how this is followed through on um because like you said there are some uh, additional you know layers to to get through and also how the right attempts to kind of recontextualize this uh there there was a tweet yesterday from uh Donald Trump about how Joe Biden is trying to uh, abolish suburbs uh which was uh I'm pretty sure just his way of talking about redlining but uh mm. because you know he his definition of suburbs is a place where white supremacists can uh live amongst each other and feel protected he's describing that as uh abolishing suburbs and I f- I feel like that's going to you know it, it's pretty transparently stupid and I I do feel like we'll eventually kind of that that will come out in the wash but
1: well this is also the kind of you know any sort of restorative measure that uh Mm -hmm. takes an actual problem that the government has caused like something like this the red will just be like you see what's happening i mean this is why we don't have ppe for our nurses and why you know we're not able to pay our police it's because we do things like just throw money away at people who are just going to x y and z that, 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 that like i feel that's that'll probably be their laziest instant sort of reactionary talking point because uh, that's always it's always a good way to be like oh yeah that's the reason why um there is very little it's not because we are hmm. you know m- misappropriating all these this money and giving it away to people who don't need it
2: what's right. interesting about that like abolishing the suburbs thing to me is that even though clearly on its face it's not it's nonsensical doesn't make any sense but if you think about it for a second and you really think about the sort of like nimbyism the not in my backyardness that has suburbs refusing to allow low, low, low-cost uh, uh, housing in their areas, so that they don't get minorities moving into it, or the uh, or not having multifamily units available. They know we're going to keep it to the one-family house out here because this is the suburbs, and that's what we've done, and that's what we will do. Mm-hmm. If you look at changes to that system as quote abolishing the suburbs, it's you know sort of if you squint and turn your head a policy goal that a lot of people who support Joe Biden also support. and But it, the way that the president frames it is just so easily knocked down as a way of trying to rile up his base. Right. Uh, it is so transparent that the, the, the suburban moms that he's trying to win over, I feel like very few of them are going to see that tweet or hear that that tweet went out there and suddenly think, oh my gosh, Donald Trump is the one who's going to protect us from the incoming hordes.
1: Who are right. trying
2: to destroy my township.
1: I think that's his next play is to go for uh, like what's left of like racist white mothers who are still in the voting base. Because we were talking about this a couple weeks ago with all like the, the rise of Karen imagery and like these incidences. But, you know, I was bringing up the point, like, let's not forget the role white women and mothers especially have had in like uh, maintaining white supremacy and segregating neighborhoods and schools and things like that. Like mm-hmm. they had a very, very pivotal role in all of that. When the men were failing on Capitol Hill with things like mm-hmm. getting the damn voting civil rights act passed, what the heck happened up there guys. Then they can pivot to, well, how do we, how do we have more teachers that can point out kids who might be trying to pass as white in this neighborhood? Can we have, uh you know, like how set up these PTA boards to also, you know, communicate to other parents that uh, school choice is very important, and how important it is to de-racialize a lot of this language. To also say the same thing, so this is mm-hmm. the same in sense by saying abolish the suburbs. What you're saying is black and brown folks are going to move into your neighborhood, and you don't want that. It's I think that's the only you know I think the one the one group that is maybe changing. You know, like I feel like the the male vote who was voting for him—I don't know—I'm pretty sure that is maybe more solid, but with women, it's been the biggest change. So maybe this mm-hmm. is why the MS-13 stuff is also coming back out of his mouth as well. To be like, mm-hmm. you never know, because it's open borders now. It's everything to you know to I think appeal it's, to someone. He's trying to make it a fear instance. election as yeah. opposed
2: to a referendum on him. Yeah. You want the referendum to be, "Will you feel safe under a Biden administration?" And so he's just throwing everything out there that he. Thinks might stick since it worked in 2016. That I mean, the the fact that his American Carnage speech in 2017, uh, when he was inaugurated, the fact that he probably would still say the same thing now and but thinks that it would be a good re-election bid is really telling.
0: Right. I mean, he kind of did at uh, Mount Rushmore on mm-hmm. July 4th. Like his mm-hmm. speech was very reminiscent of the American. <laughs> the American Carnage speech, uh, and it is three years into his administration. Uh, Yeah, I've heard people's kind of analysis of the election and his uh, lagging poll numbers, although they are starting to stabilize and even move up uh, according to 538. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's down nine, ten points on average to Biden nationwide being like just the sheer enormous difference of being somebody who's going to come in and change everything and somebody who's been there for four years it like doesn't Mm -hmm. how how do you complain about the state of the country that you've been running by making Um, it not your fault
2: it's the deep
1: state
0: and or obama left
1: you the lack of testing for coronavirus yeah um but it's like being or, drunk in a car, you're driving a car and you're like, well, what the heck is wrong with this thing, man? <laughs> you're like, yo, you're at the wheel. What the fuck are you talking about? I am oh oh oh, oh this I'm telling you, I don't know who built this. We gotta <laughs> this thing, you gotta get a refund on this, man. I'm gonna tell you what.
0: Yeah. That's um really something else. but the abolishing the suburbs thing, I feel like, is you know, that that's still like pretty easy to sort through. But I I think the place that the rubber will still hit the road is people complaining about like, well, my property value would go Mm. down or, uh, you know, if, if they brought in affordable housing into my neighborhood. Um, and that's where people are going to have to really understand that your property value and the whole system that, uh, property ownership is is built on is you know based on white supremacy and an unfair system and you need to suck it up um <laughs>
2: especially when those property values that you're complaining about possibly going down were exactly what black people were forbidden from actually having exactly access right. to right yeah. and allowing for generational wealth to come into play so yeah. Ah, uh, you didn't do it then, so you're probably gonna have to do it soon. So right, right. That's, that's just it's just catching up to you. I mean, you waited, right. and I, you waited for it, and now the check is due. So sorry, my guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Trump administration's war on science continues. Uh, specifically, Trump and some of his main cabinet people, Peter Navarro, uh, are doing everything they can to uh, just try and debunk. Fauci now the CDC and I don't know it it doesn't seem like it's working Uh, but I do know that when when they first started uh, you know even quietly uh, behind the scenes shit talking Fauci uh, you know he needed to suddenly get uh, armed security at his house because of all the death threats that were coming in from the president's supporters so I can only imagine what's what's happening now that he has to oh, just come out and be like, guys, can we just knock knock this shit off? Well,
1: he's, it's so, like, now he's getting mad at an op-ed, mm-hmm. you know he authorized to be written, so Peter Navarro, who, I guess, his op-ed that was slamming Fauci, we're supposed to believe him more because he's an economist, and right. that's why we should value, his. the gist of the op-ed was like, Anthony Fauci's been wrong about fucking every single thing I've talked to him about. He said, uh, you know, uh, that the there was nothing to worry about, that it's going to be fine, that we don't have to worry. He was like, it was all kinds of misleading shit. A lot of things that he was saying, like he really, he, I think he mentioned one of the moments where Fauci, I think went on uh, Joe Scarborough's show and said, Hey, this, there, there's a chance that this could be low impact if. We have mm-hmm. testing that is robust, and we have containment policies that are going to actually contain this. If we mm-hmm. can do those things, we have a chance of this not being a horrific shit show. Right. But then he's just like, and that's what it is. And then we find out that the White House was putting him out, driving him like, oh, you know, actually, he went ar- he went like rogue on that. So that's <laughs> not what the president believes. Mm. Sure. Sure,
2: Jan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what gets me about that and the uh, anonymous uh, thing that the White House put out over the weekend, that list of times that Fauci has been wrong. Right. Uh, so many of those are from like when we had known about the existence of COVID 19 for like a month. Like right. we did not know about asymptomatic transmissions in the end of January and how prevalent that actually was or wasn't. Uh, when. They first said, hey, guys, don't hoard masks. They meant the medical grade surgical masks and the N95s. Uh, and honestly, people were thinking about it the wrong way then. People were like, oh, I need to protect myself. And now they're trying to say, oh, no, you need to protect others and wear a mask. Protect others. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. I don't buy it. You were <laughs> wrong about masks before. Yeah, if you listen to just the word mask. Right.
0: <laughs> also, that Jim Carrey movies. Completely unhinged, so I'm I'm just gonna choose to ignore everything except that one part where Ben masks.
1: Stein Ben Stein says we all wear masks metaphorically speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a it's a throwaway line in the film, but I, I that that stuck with me. Uh, that's <laughs> the one takeaway from that movie mm-hmm. I, I do take. The Cuban Pete dance scene stuck with me. So oh, to yeah. each their own. <laughs> uh, the king of the rumba beat. This, <laughs> this whole thing is like really it's just weird too because this whole like tack or there's this whole strategy of going all in against the CDC, I'm not sure that that's helping his numbers in terms of how the public is already very much aware that they trust Anthony Fauci over the president. So right. I'm not what, I, aside from just, you know, I guess this is purely just to satisfy Trump's very superficial impulses to say like, no, like in his version with his surrogates and aides out there. But that's not. That doesn't help because you're dealing with a problem that requires empathy, which you mm-hmm. have none of and the party has none of. That's really been like this. We have always like suspect are like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a lack of empathy. But now when you're really being like, yeah, man, get these kids into school. I, maybe they could die. I don't know. Maybe these teachers could die. I don't know. Whatever. Get them in there because we got to get this economy going. Like, what? Really? 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 Yeah,
2: Fauci had an interesting interview in The Atlantic, I believe it was yesterday at this point, uh, that just basically said, like, I don't know what they're doing right now trying to attack me. Really making them look bad and dumb. So I don't get it. In, right, I, that's yeah. how I assume he was saying it in his very Faucian tone um but yeah it just Faucian does, bargain yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the, Fauci, the Faucian bargain is you wear a mask and you
0: live <laughs> yeah wow what's the catch <laughs> you live you live <laughs> huh.
1: whoa uh, trippy but pretty then good, the then.
0: deep state wins so pretty good deal yeah
1: I don't know though if it's worth mm, giving my soul to mm, the devil in 5G so yeah <laughs> I know where I'm going after this nice do you? try asshole um <laughs> Nice try. That's all I'm going to heaven. <laughs> that's the thing you always hear. There's so much heaven uh, mixed up in the mask wearing too. Uh, Cause all the, you know, QAnon conspiracy stuff that's tied oh my into God. that. Mm-hmm. The, Wait, Heaven. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of heaven, hell dynamic. Cause you know, this mm-hmm. is a good, it, it it flows right. It rolls right off the tongue. Very, it follows a nice, after you've had a bite of satanic panic from the eighties, this, right. you just followed up a little QAnon and it finishes just beautifully in your mouth mm. and in your brain. Um, the thing with the CDC also is that on top of all this, they're now directing hospitals to s- bypass the fucking CDC and send all of their information that they gather from, like, COVID patients just to go, you know, just to a central database in Washington. So let's just let's just go around them. We'll let uh, HHS uh, look at that a little bit. Uh, but we don't need the CDC because they're going to science it up again. And it's right. really dark because all this... Based on everything I've seen from this administration, this the fact that the CDC, you know, a body, an organization that we can trust that they aren't going to completely pervert these numbers. We know if it's in the hands of the administration can only imagine what kind of bullshit is going to happen with this.
2: Right. Because the CDC only has one political appointee, the director, everyone else's career career scientist or civil right. servant uh hhs clearly not the case um right so already uh we're starting to see that some of the data that you would normally see uh coming out from the cdc has been delayed uh i remember seeing that there was at least one state who said that because of new federal reporting requirements the data that we normally put out right about now is going to be late um the cdc's tracker is currently behind so it's it's going to be curious to see what the numbers look like in like a week from now. And I am already looking forward to what I'm sure is going to be an amazing story that some outlet is going to write based off of FOIA documents from HHS that describe the discussion that got this new system put into place.
0: Now, is have they successfully done that? Like, have they successfully circumnavigated, like, gone around the CDC? Oh, yeah, and, it's a like, done deal. It is a it's a done, done deal. Done? Like,
2: the order is already out yeah. that, so, you, that hospitals now have to report it to HHS instead of the CDC. And don't get me wrong, the CDC has made mistakes. Their oh, system yeah. for reporting is outdated. They needed to, like, update how the system works. But this was not the proper solution yeah, for not the
1: department, like retirement community for big pharma goon lobbyists be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them in there and they'll, uh, let them handle the, the numbers in there. Jesus.
0: Yeah. yeah. So the numbers are going to suddenly start looking also, much like, better.
1: Last time I checked, even with all this bullshit, this man is, he's running for reelection, not against the fucking CDC or Anthony Fauci. And like, Except like, he is, he is you because know, in his right because they're they're creating the reality. They're the ones who so are bad. saying
2: yes. They're the ones saying, uh shit's bad right now." And he wants people to, to say, "Actually, shit is getting better. The shit right. is fine. That shit yeah. you smell, delightful yes. roses."
0: Mm. You didn't step in shit.
2: shit. Oh yeah, that's... those
1: those books are wrong. Your nose is all fucked up. That's the thing you don't realize. <laughs> yeah, right. isn't that a symptom of COVID nineteen? No, shh, quiet. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, all right, guys. Let's
0: take another quick break, and we'll be back with the Wayfair conspiracy. And we're back. Uh, you guys ready for for some truth bombs? Uh, oh because my God. woo. Um, so <laughs> I'm just sorry,
1: dude. The, the fact that we're going. That we're in a, we're about to talk about how people think. Wayfair, you got just what I need. Is is involved with human trafficking? Um, I can't stop. I don't know. Like I laugh because I'm so shocked and sad because I yeah. really think it's the only thing I can do. Otherwise, I'm like, oh man, so many brains are rotten. Like and are thinking they got superpowers to connect these you know see the fucking matrix somehow out of nowhere cuz yeah. you're scrolling on fucking chrome all day
0: <laughs> yeah they uh so so th- basically somebody noticed that um there were some cabinets uh and you know dressers and uh various pieces of furniture that cost more <laughs> than they should they cost five figures and they also noticed that Uh, some of those cabinets had uh, girls' names, like, you know, Karen, Janet. uh, And they searched the database and noticed that some of those are the names of missing children. And boom, bang, bing, uh, they, they drew the conclusion that this is how the deep state cabal uh, is smuggling uh, child slaves now is is inside of uh, these cabinets? I guess is they've is moved c- on from
2: pizza parlors. Mm-hmm. They realize they've been found out and moved on. And they're upgraded. smarter.
1: They've gotten right. even smarter than to do it at a ping pong pizza restaurant. Uh, that you know, th- doing it there in the in full public view. No, they're smarter now. It's on Wayfair, and it's the kids' names, and you can just order it like a cabinet. That's yeah. how they've done it really is sort of to the point of like not being able to say you're wrong. You arrive at the, You get this kind of momentum where you mm-hmm. end up at a Wayfair page and go, oh, shit. Hold <laughs> on. The Anya shorty cabinet is ten thousand nine hundred eighty nine dollars. This is right. how they're doing it, because there's on your way here. You have not for once ever doubted or even took the second to to question what you believe, whether that's, you know, based on anything Uh, tangible or real
0: so the the furniture they were looking at is more expensive because it is a commercial industrial Mm -hmm. so they were looking at like home prices what what a cabinet like that would cost in in uh the home department but they were actually in the commercial department where the uh cabinets are bigger essentially Mm -hmm. and they just ignored that fact
1: they're for commercial use they're for it's like for a fucking not for your home, but it right. just happens to also be on Wayf- Wayfair.
0: So, but they just ignored that detail. And that one detail could have cleared it up, but instead. Details are for cowards. Right. I want yeah. to point That's out. That's right. That's uh, right. For, Duance, sheep. Details. for sheep. For sheep. For sheep. Yeah, for
1: sheep. Keep drinking the Kool Aid sheep. Wear your mask. You're going to hell. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. because obviously, human traffickers love including clues and Easter eggs that could lead to them being caught like Batman villains. Uh That's- Yeah. Right. So, this started with like a I think it's a a interior design influencer, and then another lifestyle influencer picked it up. But it's Mm -hmm. we got to ban
1: these influencers, man.
0: (laughs) But I I honestly, this is one of those stories where (laughs) I look at it and I'm like, well, so what do like is the internet just bad? Do we just give up on the internet? Like how do how do we (sighs) what do we do with this? It's such a mess, and that's such a big, broad
2: question to consider because we have almost too much access to, again, going back to the beginning, uh, uncontextualized information. And without that context, the human brain fucking loves to find pictures in random noise. Mm-hmm. That's how we were able to look up at the stars in all of their millions and go, "That's a bear with right. a giant ass tail." Yeah. It's like what? What? That's no, some, it, it's up there. Lights, you can see it.
1: Bro. <laughs>
2: and so we want to be able to find like things that will make help us make sense of things. But because there is so much more noise than our brains are used to, it's becoming easier for people to pick out those random patterns and just run with them. And uh, without the context you need to be like, "Oh, that's for industrial that's for industrial grade cabinets. You're storing like giant like uh, I don't know, collections of tools for a huge ass farm in one of these cabinets not your doll collection for your little girl then you can't you find the patterns that are wrong and you can't admit that those patterns are wrong
0: and that that's fun and it's exciting to think that you've just cracked the code Mm -hmm. that is secretly yeah like speaking of the matrix Mm -hmm. that you've secretly that you've cracked the code and Mm -hmm. be like gotten a unique insight into uh, the secret that is uh, going on behind the scenes of the entire world, Uh, that is powerful. That's a powerful drug and Mm -hmm. they don't want to give up on it. And so, okay, if this was, you know, 2% of the population that was just Mm -hmm. like off in a corner somewhere, That that would be one thing. But first of all, the president is the the actual president of these United States is trying to fan these flames because they're uh, some of his most staunch supporters. Uh, There's also a a writer JM, pointed out this Newsweek article uh, that the title was here are some of the celebrities who sell products on Wayfair. Which you would only be interested in for one reason, to as evidence that this conspiracy theory is true.
1: This came out after all of this, or like during the fervor?
0: During the fervor to what exploit, f- like yeah, yeah, totally SEO. Like they see uh, this theory lighting lighting up in terms of traffic, and they or were just somebody like, on their
1: staff is you know with it. You know what I mean? Because I, I see mean, it everywhere. I see yeah. all that. I see the. Ta- I see the the stencils and shit on the street in L.A. Like all the where we go when we go shit? all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I see that on the street. Sh- it's it's around, uh, which is very. I mean, it's funny because you don't notice it till you really look and go, "What the? F- oh, mm, okay, that's what that is." Uh, shout out to <laughs> San Fernando Valley, but this whole, it, it's interesting. Like the. It's like the same poorly framed
2: article. I'm sorry, I just had to like pull this up while we're talking, and and I'm reading through it, and like they up top they talk about how all of this is you know bullshit, and how in another article from Newsweek it's all debunked, but they still. Put together this article about well these are the celeb- here are the celebrities who sell through Wayfair I and mean, like yeah no one is looking up this information unless they want to know who to shame so I'm yeah. very confused by this don't choice. bring Lionel
1: Richie into this come on man <laughs> who to shame Lionel Richie In didn't do anything best case to anybody scenario shame like
0: the worst case scenario you know cute like these are the people who showed up at the pizza parlor with automatic weapons like.
2: Wow, Trisha Yearwood bring it all back.
0: Yeah. Wow, what a yeah. what a
2: circuitous episode. Yeah. Oh, you think
0: like- Garth Brooks only puts breakfast in that bowl? Come on, man. <laughs> oh are you? boy,
1: yeah. So oh, nice. Wake up. It's fingertips. Oh it's all fingertips. It ain't totally. It's to, It's totally. Okay. That's you don't realize the it's like kind of the same energy, though, that was like in the early Internet when like the Matrix sequels are coming out and like lost and like people trying to fucking find Easter eggs before the writers do. It's like that same energy that I feel like when I'm looking at it to your point of like the high you be like oh shit i know who the merovingian is actually supposed to be in matrix reloaded okay right. the merovingians were these christian kings that were in front like dude that what i don't know yeah. Yeah. i don't know where it I was took a that, reference but, I, but that's not yeah. like
2: the basis for a conspiracy theory slash religion moving forward yeah and, and, and but was, that's the
1: kind of uh, energy you go around and people be like dude i figured i don't know i read up on it and that's what this is so therefore this is what it
2: means yeah and this, that's also part of why I think that being right is overrated. Like, sometimes I watch shows with, like, a long narrative arc and some sort of central mystery, and I'll try and guess along with it. That's part of yeah, the fun. But fun. when I'm wrong, it's, like, not like, oh, well, this was bullshit. I don't believe in this, <laughs> the existence of this movie anymore. It's like, oh... Okay, right. cool. I see what they did there. I get how they got to that point and why I was wrong. That's actually Unless it's lost,
1: in which case I was yeah. like, no, I reject this. This is I, not right, and I turn my back on this now. Ooh, that's well, fair. It's-
0: I mean, with <laughs> fiction, sometimes your ideas are better than the ones they end up going with <laughs> yeah, for, for various sure. reasons. Thank uh, you. Fiction, yes. Fiction yes. can then, be fun. Uh, in, when it comes to interpretations of reality... Like that's yeah, it's just a bunch of uh, another thing. This reminds me of is uh the fact that the deadliest civil war in human history was a cult in China that thought that their leader was Jesus's brother, and twenty million people died. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It it seems like this is one of those frog in a Mm -hmm. pot, like getting hotter and hotter until the water's boiling things, where like if you had told me two years ago that Q was as popular as it is and that the president was openly embracing it and that Q ideology was like as murderous and like openly like we're ready to uh, rise rise up if Mm. yeah, act out real world violence. If Trump is like taken out of office, like that would be cause for immediate and profuse alarm and, Instead, it feels like it's just something that like feels like a a series of ingredients from uh, the past 200 news cycles converging. And it's just like, man, Mm -hmm. but it's really like those are dangerous elements.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, it's MS-13 and, uh, you know, open borders and you're not going to have windows because of Joe Biden's Green Revolution plan. That is what is the the emphasis of this administration when we're also looking, you know. Just comparing the language always of what the threats are. It's always it's always people of color, and it's always people who aren't you know cis het Christian American people.
0: And we should say that I mean, there's totally good reason to be paying attention for people to be have their antenna up about uh, sex trafficking and human trafficking. Like that is a thing that we're finding out is just all over the place, especially among. The powerful with uh, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Jaleem Maxwell, and
1: it's in the you know, zeitgeist for sure. And I think it's and it's, it's been such a real world problem. It's it's like any like with these conspiracies. That's why it's it's uh, very easy for them to gain momentum because it has to start with some kind of focal point that is a real world issue. So whether yeah. that's like your own financial disenfranchisement being the source of many all kinds of conspiracies about who runs what in the banks or whatever, or something like this with, uh, sex trafficking, there's always this real world issue that give enough people to sort of rally around and then sort of connect these dots. And yeah, it's, it's really, again, we were talking earlier about earlier in this week about the lengths that people can go when they're fully Engrossed and caught up in these conspiracy theories. And it shows that for that's very real to people, you know, on some level, like based on what they're reading, like they're arriving at a place where this is the reality that they're fighting against. So, you know, on some level, you can see why, yes, the material was there in the conversation and culture for like this to pick up as like a trend. And then, but then you get to see like these bad faith things like this Newsweek article too, where it's like, hey, let's, uh, let's kind of just hop on this right now because that'll get us some clicks. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. And I mean, this just, I, for if nothing else, it's worth talking about this because this just isn't how, you know, we, we talked about the Jeffrey Epstein story a, a number of times and the way it actually works is they're out in the open about it. They have a plane that everybody refers to as the Lolita Express. Uh, they have Pedophile Island. And then when people come for them, they just, you know, make that go away with sheer access to power. They're not dropping hints in furniture yeah, like catalogs. E-commerce website, yeah. Right, right. All right, guys, let's talk about this uh this lead poisoning thesis. I, I had kind of heard about this uh in the background as, as one of the explanations for why crime started going down in the United States in the early 90s and has kind of been going down ever since uh the the thesis is basically uh, as it relates to crime that that was the year that the first generation uh after the Clean Air Act uh, of mm-hmm. 1970 hit hit uh you know adulthood and started to you know, uh, make adult decisions and be, you know, hit the age that people generally, uh, start committing crimes. Um, Mm. and the idea is that because, uh, the planet was so full of leaded gasoline fumes, um, that up to the year 1970 humans were, uh, and especially children were exposed to unprecedented levels of lead. And mm-hmm. that's that's a fact that you can test by, you know, that they were testing at the time. And it's just a fact that people during that time, uh, like from the 20, late 20s through 1970 were exposed as cars became so dominant and up to the point, like up through the 60s was probably when it was at its worst because that was when the most cars were out there uh, belching out this lead gasoline fumes. So well, before you go on,
1: Jack, so lead is bad. Lead as is as it turns out. Yeah. So lead poisoning.
0: Out. So when when you huh, come into okay. contact with consistent lead poisoning uh as a child, it affects they found fa- they found a lot of longitudinal studies that uh say that it affects a person's ability to regulate their emotions. Uh they're more likely to display psychological traits that include impulsivity and egocentricity. Um, uh ah. Uh. So, when were these people
1: born? Probably, (laughs) where were they born? When, when do you, when do you, when when were, when were peak? When were these people really getting off on the fumes?
0: The baby boom generation is, is kind of so that that's what I'm kind of connecting it to. That's a a lot of the writing on this has just been focused on explaining there's this big demographic, uh, puzzle that a Mm -hmm. lot of different explanations have been proposed for uh for why crime went down starting in the nineties because everybody uh, Joe Biden's crime bill oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right well no but that Joe Biden's crime bill and like the Clinton's like all their like uh super predator oh, shit God. was mm-hmm. <laughs> was a result of the fact that crime just started going up in like this unprecedented and unpredicted uh way in the 70s and 80s. Uh and then for no real reason that anybody has been able to identify starting in the nineties that started going down. Um, and, you know, this is Malcolm Gladwell uh, wrote about this being from broken windows, policing and Rudy Giuliani, uh, which turns out as bullshit. Uh, and it, there's a lot of different like explanations. The Freakonomics people wrote about it being the result of Roe v. Wade, but that doesn't hold for other countries. So it doesn't really make sense that, that would be uh, a cause. And so this writer, a bunch of writers have pointed to lead poisoning being the thing because once lead is taken out of the gasoline in a country, about 20 years later, almost like clockwork, their crime starts going down. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's really interesting that there's... Uh, we'll link off to some articles that kind of explain it in more detail, but basically... Uh, There's this Mother Jones article that says it's basically unassailable that lead poisoning explained who committed crime and ended up at the cruel, you know, bottom part of our social strata. You know, taking that, if that is true, and we take as a constant that America is not a meritocracy, but more of a lottery based on where and to whom you're born and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. I feel like it would be inevitable that the same would be true at the top of our society. Like the the baby boomers who grew up and were exposed to all this lead and have damaged impulse control, uh, who are still in positions of power, still running our country, uh, that that would have an impact on them and just on our world in general since they've been uh so <laughs> greedily holding on to power uh for for so long um and so aggressive about it I don't know it it just seems like it's a it's not not a thing that I found like you know somebody else really making the uh case for there is there was an article about how baby boomers as a generation were more uh sociopathic than other generations and they like mention Mm. as an aside the high lead content of their blood being one of the very unique things about their generation um but it seems pretty i don't know like it it tracks when you think about one of the things
2: that always surprises me when i really do look back is just how weirdly crime infested the country was at that point like yeah. it wasn't just scare tactics it, and it wasn't just movies where it's like oh you go to the city you're gonna get mugged like just a fact like right. oh that dude has like seven knives on him oh that woman just got mugged while i was watching as it turns out there was just a weird amount of currency serial killers so many of them during this time period
0: so i should say that i got uh i started looking into this because i was uh listening to an episode of last podcast on the left and they were talking about the fact that these three major serial killers, uh, whose names I'm I'm not remembering, but they all came from uh, the same neighborhood at around the same time, uh, or the same town at around the same time, and it's like such an aberration, like that that's not normal normal yeah. behavior. Uh, and there was just an overall spike in serial killers in the '70s, uh, mm-hmm. and be, there being geographical hotspots of serial killers would suggest like. Literally something in the water. So oh, I don't know. Santa Cruz
1: is. I was reading Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz. There was yeah. three serial killers active at the same time. Yeah,
0: exactly. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah. Yikes. So I don't know. And hey, London, uh,
1: Ontario, too, Canada. You got yours too. There's a few, there's a, get, a whole thing of like few towns had multiple serial killers active at the same time.
0: And when you look you at with each uh, other
2: trying to get to the top of their charts, much like Arsenal v. Liverpool. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Except we are um, at the top of no chart.
0: <laughs> and when you look at three uh of our last four presidents, they were born within three months of each other. Uh George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump were all born are all at the like slightly older edge of the uh baby boomer generation. And, you know, they have <laughs> very variously uh completely fucked up our, our country in pretty aggressive ways. Um, I just
1: feel like we go too hard on George Bush, you know, like ever since Ellen, you know, posted <laughs> him, I think we were all <laughs> supposed to realize, cool. uh, you know, that cool. George Bush, he must also be involved in the Wayfair conspiracy because <sighs> I don't know if you saw the image, the way they were talking to each other, they were signaling to us what the real truth was, what's in the cabinet named W. Yeah. Mm.
2: And presidents have what? Cabinets. Catholics. QED. Wow. <laughs> Gotta
1: go. Gotta go before Boom. the CIA shuts us down, before the deep states gets us.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, just, I mean, this is also a, a very hopeful spin on things that, like, we are just being poisoned by this about to uh, pass from this earth generation. So, th- this isn't any sort of like actionable uh, ideas here other than don't inhale lead. I just think it's an and, interesting and thing. And let's
2: not forget, though, uh, speaking, going back to Flint, uh, the number of lead pipes that are still in use in this country yeah. is yeah. extremely high, and it's something that can be solved. It's going to take a lot of money and time, but it can be
0: solved. It's a, not that hold much Hold on, hold money on. To on you lost
1: things. me, Ed. It's going to take a lot of money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miles Dang is big here. on austerity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, regular Hayek over here Um, (laughs) the uh, one one other detail of it is that people have been pointing to the year 2020 as a year to look for a uh, drop in violence in the Middle East because that's when like 2000 was basically there 1970 in terms of removing lead from gasoline so uh, that's one way I mean that's
1: a convenient way to explain terrorism right Right, Real, where exactly. it's like, yeah, nothing Wolf. to do with the United States foreign right. policy. It's it was the gas, I'm pretty sure. So we can... I mean, in no a sense, sense it's
2: always been about the oil and gas. So. Right. Damn,
1: we need an improv team here between the <laughs> Wood and the oil and gas.
0: Yeah, all of this is can be like seen as a very convenient, like sort of. Well, that. That was the answer, and now we don't have to worry about anything. And that's yeah. definitely, definitely not what we're saying. But. I remember
1: always as a kid, though, too, seeing unleaded gas. Like, right? When I, I mean, when like, I would Well, why would you light, light gas? My, or, right. or just when I saw it, I'm like, well, where do you get leaded gas? Yeah, I'm like, why? Why do you get unleaded? I remember always asking my mom why, because she would say unleaded because it was still the 80s, and I could. There, I'm sure there was people had habits of like saying that or whatever, mm-hmm. or that was like a way to describe gas. But I was like. It always bugged my mind. I was like, "Shouldn't we get the good shit?" Like, you don't want un anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make the cars and the brains go fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, the the guy who helped develop leaded gasoline, Thomas Midgley Jr., did uh, at a at a press conference, poured leaded gasoline into a bowl, like poured it over his hands, put it under his nose, huffed it, uh, and to prove his point, new the state of New Jersey was still like, "We're you know fuck all that." Uh, but oh my he, God. I'm, he, he had also, to take a leave of absence from work after being diagnosed with lead poisoning. <laughs>
2: uh, he also apparently, I'm just looking this up, he apparently also helped invent CFCs like Freon, which ate a hole oh in the my. ozone layer. So this
0: dude, shout the out to you for... man. You, right?
2: And then, in
0: 1940, at the age of 51... Wait, and then? There's yes. more... In 1940, oh, wow. at the age of 51, just like talking about his two of his inventions, like might have destroyed the world and killed a bunch of people. Well, in 1940, at the age of 51, Midgley contracted polio, which left him severely disabled. He devised an elaborate system of ropes and pulleys to lift himself out of bed. In 1944, he became entangled in the device and died of strangulation.
1: That's how he went. Entangled with August Alcina. Wow, (laughs) an entanglement. entanglement. It was truly an entanglement. Wow. This dude could (laughs) not stop.
0: He could not stop inventing things that would kill people. Like, it was just like, he's like, ah, damn it. Not again.
1: Yeah. Darwin, man.
0: His deal with the devil was, I want to be a famous inventor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. (laughs) Your
2: wish
1: has been granted.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, hey, is this like has that, been Garth, so like fun like that having... Garth Brooks oh, sketch? No, I'm saying go back in that Garth Brooks doing the
1: deal with the devil sketch with uh, Will Ferrell. One of my <laughs> favorite got the sketches. the worst fucking
0: <laughs> Sargus, Fargus, I just <laughs> been bit by the love, love bug. Bad.
1: And it's driving me <laughs> mad. <laughs> mad. Oh, God shit damn, is so it. Stupid.
0: <laughs> son of a bitch.
1: The uh is out of tune. Fred Sox is a hit. The- Fred sucks. Uh,
0: Fred slacks. I think uh, slacks.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I that, sit corrected. Those
0: those songs uh, just pop into my head all the time, and <laughs> there's nothing to be done about it. Uh, Hayes, this was so fun, man. Where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you? So you can find me on Twitter at Hayes Brown.
2: Very easy to find, almost too easy. Uh, you can <laughs> listen to News O'Clock on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you go for your sound stories.
0: Mm. And uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, I saw one the other, just the other day that
2: really summed up my feelings about how this election cycle is going right now. It's from at Hat. I've decided it's safer to watch Trump press conferences through the reactions of
0: Twitter people, like looking at an eclipse with a pinhole camera. And I could not agree more. <laughs> That's so good. Something that he does not possess the uh, wherewithal to do. Yeah, he. Looks the levels of up. irony are several. Yeah. Miles, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Uh, a couple of yeah, okay, so Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray, also my other podcast, Four Twenty Day Fiance. You know, let's get high, talk about 90-day fiancé. Just let's blow some steam off. Let's watch some trash, but like really, really analyze it thoroughly with Sophia Alexandra. Um, some tweets that I like. First two are from Reductress. First one is a photo of like a guy in a ski mask, and it says, Right wing burglar conflicted about mask. Uh <laughs> which, you know, that feels fair. <laughs> Another one is a woman like outside of the Magic Kingdom, like, like so excited, like, ah, and it says this woman died at Disney World from having mm. too much fun. And also COVID-19. Uh, and the last one is from uh, A O Ed Ibery. Uh So this one's great. She says, her tweet is, Time machine? And I'm supposed to kill baby who? Nah, I'm taking that right back to 1984 and telling my parents to immigrate to New Zealand. I'm sorry, that's my ministry now.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, man. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, the Z uh tweeted... This screen cap of somebody on a message board saying, tipping on rent. When paying rent, what is customary to tip the landlord leasing company? I found 15% of my rent is a number I'm comfortable with and have gone as high as 25% during holiday seasons. Uh, And... Uh, they just wrote to the landlord. Write this, which like that's I, okay. The, Mr. Only Snurb. <laughs> yeah. it's the only possible. I've never I heard think of we that. Should go with the once.
2: Burns plan.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody retweeted that uh, video of a bear using nunchucks uh, that, you, that you mentioned the other day, uh, Miles. And Nate cheers in it. Uh, at cheers in it on Twitter tweeted, I'm a zoologist. I know this behavior looks cute, but bears only train like this when their sensei has been slayed by a rival dojo. <laughs> <laughs> That's just science. That's just. Oh, science. Yeah, back, I was man. so I was so ready for that to be one of those like bummer <laughs> tweets, and they're like, "But this is a really bad sign that the bear is overheated." <laughs> right, right, right.
1: <laughs>
0: you can find oh, me on Twitter man. at. Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we going to ride out on today?
1: Let's go take it back to some Stereo Lab. Um, this is Stereo Lab with a track called Diagonals i think they're a great band uh another band like most most bands i've come into contact with is a function of some producer i like sampling them uh but this track is really cool because like there's like this sort of rising pitch shifter on the drums in the very beginning and you think like something's wrong with your inner ear equilibrium it's not that it's just how it's mixed and then it starts getting into it uh so just enjoy this is diagonals by stereo less mm.
0: Great band, great type of line, diagonals. Always Love a diagonal. fan of those. Hit that uh, diagonal. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.